You are listening to the Lit and Lucid Podcast, brought to you by Yoohoo Brand. Here's your host, Lucy and Jared. Everybody to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are here recording another episode with Keith Strawn. He is the VP and Director of MediFarms Labs out of Canada. What's up, Keith? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate uh, you bringing me onto the podcast to chat up a little bit about the business and myself and uh, cannabis in general. Absolutely, yeah. So, so this is going to be our first Canadian guest, and Canada just went legal uh, within you know the last couple months and. Um, you know, really expanded and you know, I know a lot of US partners are looking up to Canada to see how they're commercializing it and doing it kind of on a national scale. So uh, we're stoked to have uh, Keith here to talk on, you know, what they're doing in Canada and, and kind of what the future will hold. Yeah, so a little bit about Keith. Um, Keith has been in uh, the supply chain chain management expert for a while. He's held various positions across correctional facilities, policing, transportation, and healthcare. He also specializes in business development consulting. So it's going to be interesting to see a little bit more about how his background and how it's turned into cannabis now and what he's doing to help Medilabs farms. Um, and then also uh, Medi Farms, they're on the U.S. and the Canadian Stock Exchange. And most recently, they had the largest wholesale transaction to date for oil. So we're going to learn a little bit, bit about that. Um, I know they've grown kind of exponentially in the past few months. So we're going to learn about that and kind of what you know brought them to this point because I know that the uh, Medi Farms has been around since 2015. So we're going to learn a little bit more from how we got from 2015 to now and now being you were also named the Canadian startup of the year last year so congratulations for that Um, but yeah this is a large corporation you guys are dealing with a lot of transactions so we're excited to learn more about your company great so why don't you just dive in why don't you explain to us how you even got into the cannabis industry yourself yeah for sure so uh, as you mentioned my backgrounds in supply chain uh, I was doing working in various uh, government industries so in our our provincial government doing different uh, stuff with supply chain and kind of ended um, that public service career in healthcare. So a lot of work that I was doing was uh, healthcare business development, different revenue operations for a uh, large um, healthcare center here located in Barrie, Ontario, where Medifarm Labs is located. And uh, when I left there, I was doing some freelance consulting, mostly around um, helping people do business with the government. So writing various grant applications, uh, doing some land use planning as far as zoning goes, and kind of helping businesses navigate government, having worked in government, kind of using that uh, specialty to do that. So um, in 2013, the government in Canada introduced a medical, a federal medical program uh, called the uh, MMPR, and at the time uh, there was licenses. There's probably about five licenses given out of the gate. So people like Tweed, uh, Peace Natural, some of the big Canadian names all kind of got licensed in that initial wave. And I had actually done some application work. I was working for uh, one of my clients who was a big real estate developer. Uh, had some potential leases that were um, in wanting to get into this cannabis thing. So they said, oh, Keith, you know, you know government. Why don't you look at this application? You know, I didn't know much about uh, cannabis at the time as far as the regulations went and all the medical program. But I said, you know what, give it to me. I'll kind of fumble my way through it. So I, I worked on that application uh, and then worked on another application. And 
I'd known the other co-founder, Pat McCutcheon, uh, for a, a long time. We, we crossed paths in the healthcare world. He was working pharmaceutical sales and marketing, headed up their whole uh, hospital division uh, across Canada. So he's working for Janssen, which is the pharmaceutical arm of J&J. Uh, I was working at a large hospital, trying to work with him on some value-added programs to bring some money back into the hospital, specifically in our renal program. So anyways, I, I left the hospital, was doing this consulting. Some of it started becoming around cannabis, having a great conversation with Pat one night, uh, and he was saying that he wanted to get into cannabis and on the medical side. And I said, oh, you know what? I, I wrote a couple applications. Why don't I... Uh, why don't I give it to you? You can run with it kind of thing. And I explained to him kind of my hesitation to get into the business uh, full full on was this vertical integration. So up until kind of our license, all, all everyone else in Canada was is doing everything, let's say, seed to sale. So uh, farmers, you know, they're, they're growing the plant, they're packaging it, and then they're also doing like customer acquisition, like uh, patient acquisition, and then even doing like the patient management and like doing all the customer service around that as well. So for me, I'm like, I don't know. I'm look, I know pharmaceutical business, you know, not as well as you do, Pat, but this doesn't really make sense to me. And he wholeheartedly agreed and was actually thinking along the same line. So we kind of looked at other jurisdictions where there was a more mature market, like uh, you guys are based out of uh, Colorado. Or we went down there a couple of times, looked at different business models there, looked at different business models in, in California. And, you know, this, this extraction only uh, concentrate manufacturing was not new to those jurisdictions. You know, you have your tolling houses or just co uh, concentrate manufacturers uh, that are servicing uh, the market in different ways. So we wanted to bring that to Canada. At the time, the legislation didn't really uh, work that way. A lot of these people that were vertically integrated were forced to. So uh, we really had to think outside the box and push the regulators. So work hard with Health Canada to get that license and then it ended up, so we started down that journey about 2015. Uh, the licensing takes, um, you know, up to 24 months uh, as far as getting your license from Health Canada. So you can imagine that's a pretty long road. And um, at the end of it, we were, um, you know, pleasantly surprised. We were the first person uh, with that license. So we were the first in Canada to get a license solely for cannabis concentrate manufacturing. So that was, uh, a big, big win for us. And, and like I said, the, when we first started chatting is we really have tried to hold that position as kind of first to market mm -hmm. by being the most advanced and looking at the highest volume. So we pour uh, quite a bit of crude resin here every day, uh, upwards over 10 kilograms of that. And uh, that can go into, you know, t uh, thousands and thousands of end products as far as uh, the products are a little bit limited, uh, limiting on the, on the Canadian side right now, as far as concentrate goes. We can do um, we can do like a sublingual drop, mm -hmm. which is uh, mixed in a food grade oil. We can also do capsules, uh, gel capsules, um, or two part capsules with the same sort of oil. There are some products in the market that are more of a spray, um, but nothing beyond that. And so we're really excited here in Canada. They've 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 um, proposed some regulations. It's going through a consultation period right now which we'll see a lot more products come online, which you guys are used to in the United States, such as vape pens, mm. uh, different concentrate products, and then infused edibles and beverages as well. Wow. So to kind of clarify that, you guys don't currently have vape pens in the Canadian market and, and edibles and things like that? Wow. No, as of right now, the only concentrate, so there's the only place you can buy cannabis is from like approved provincial retailer. In some provinces, the like here in Ontario, 
the actual only retailer is the province itself, which mimics our uh, alcohol, alcohol model here. So here in Ontario, you can only buy uh, spirits from like a government-run spirit store. Mm-hmm. So right now, they, that's how they sell uh, cannabis is, is government-run like online store. Um, so right now, the only concentrate products you could buy is that sublingual drop and, and gel capsule. So they have the vape pen legislation that's that's now been uh, released, and they'll go through like the Canadian process for legislation approval. So we can expect to see that kind of this summer, 2019, looking at vape pens and then edibles and infused beverages. Wow, that's interesting. So the largest wholesale transaction transaction that you guys made last year, what was that for? For like so. Types? What the main thing we sell because we are like a business to business is we actually sell like winterized oil. Mm-hmm. So the, the oil's been uh, we use CO2 like supercritical CO2 extraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we winterize that oil using like an ethanol wash and solvent removal process, and then we're selling that in bulk to large producers. So that biggest one to date was actually with um, Canopy, which is mm-hmm. arguably you know the biggest cannabis company in the world. Uh, just because of their global reach. And so a company like Canopy, almost dare to say like unlimited distribution opportunity as far as having it, but their big limitation is actually um, starting material and access to material. So they were okay with, you know, what we call here the final mile as far as getting oil into an end product and getting into packaging. But they just, if they had more oil, they could sell more oil just because of the, the way they built their network so strongly. So what we did is we sold them uh, a large amount of what was winterized oil, which would then went into multiple different end products. So we that relationship continues today. Uh, we send them a set amount of oil um, every month. The, t- the term of the contract is 18 months, and the whole thing is um, about 450 kilograms with an option to go to 900 kilograms of uh, just that winterized oil product, which is about 75 to 80% uh, cannabinoids by weight. Interesting. That is incredible. Yeah. And then even before we jumped on the call, you guys had broke a record last week as far as oil production. And, and, you know, what are your production numbers up to now if you want to disclose? Yeah, for sure. I'd love to talk about it. Like we, we do, I'm quite proud of, uh, like we do probably the most oil production in Canada. Um, you know, looking at, the Canadian um, inventory, which is released kind of for three every month for about two or three months prior, depending on where Health Canada is on collecting stats. Um, in November, you know, one third of the oil that was in inventory was actually in our vault. So we are kind of leading as far as large scale industrial manufacturing. A lot of people have extractors, but it's more of an afterthought. Some cultivators bought one, it's in the corner of the room somewhere, they're not utilizing it to its full potential mm-hmm. or it's a small machine. So last week we actually poured uh, just shy of uh, 50 kilograms of oil uh, of that crude resin, which is about 75 to 80 percent purity, and so that's you know averages out to be 10 10 kilograms a day, and that that's that just beats our old record by a couple kilograms, and it looks like this week um, the production team is pretty excited. It looks like we can beat that again. So continuous improvement, obviously a huge win for our company, uh, as well as kind of keeping ahead of the pack in that actual industrial scale mm-hmm. so we can get Absolutely. consumers products on a consistent uh, basis which they're used to in other verticals right yeah. so how does it work on a you know you guys are in provinces there in Canada can you guys sell to you know anybody any province in Canada or are you guys restricted to you know Ontario or 
No, so we could sell all across uh, Canada. Uh, each province you'd ha- you set up like a different agreement with as far as they um, verify you as a vendor. That's for the adult use program. Uh, so that's your recreational cannabis. On the medical side, uh, we don't sell direct to patient, but many of our partners do. So we make, uh, like let's say, a sublingual drop bottle that we then sell to um, we sell back to an LP who sells directly to patients, so a licensed producer uh, sell directly to their patients. And then also another opportunity in Canada that we're just um, forging ahead with now is global export. So we actually are, are legally can sell into other jurisdictions as long as the import and export uh, papers line up. So we're working right now. Uh, we're, we're trying to get a license in Australia pretty far along there, have a facility built out. We're just mm-hmm. equipping it. Uh, soon, so we'll be sending them so- some oil, and then we're also looking at sending some cannabis oil into the European market as well. Wow, it is incredible. Yeah, yeah, just from I mean, just from our standpoint in the U.S. and Colorado. I mean, Colorado is limited to Colorado. Uh, you know, California is limited to California, and it's creating a huge bottleneck in in supply chains and all that because there's a glut of product, either oils or you know, uh, unrefined flour, things like that. And let alone the U.S.'s stance. So it's incredible to hear, you know. Canada, just our, our northern neighbor, doing what you guys are doing, where it's you, know, you guys can deal clear across your country, and then you guys can also export. So that's uh, you guys are pretty far ahead of the game here. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're lucky that Canada's been really innovative as far as uh, and and liberal as far as cannabis policy goes, and you know, first G seven country to make it federally legal, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that that helps kind of with. It across the world too so once you know canada sees it happening like a similar country and size and and legislation is is australia mm-hmm. so we can hopefully see them move from medical to adult <clears throat> recreation and maybe more and more european countries and then obviously you guys are closer to it but different things in in the united states that look encouraging as far as policy goes too so hopefully uh you know five years from now it's a total different conversation as far as restrictions moving across country lines and state lines and they treat us like any other industry and that's that's really the ultimate goal right so do you what is like the atmosphere um around cannabis in canada like are people all for it are there still stigmas around it like what's it like there i think that there's still a little bit of like the stigma is not going to go away overnight uh i think canada was a large user of cannabis before it was legal so making it legal has really helped as far as regulations go, uh, making sure no one's ingesting or smoking anything that has any pesticides mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that, keeping it out of the hands of minors. So the, the regulations kind of really helped. Uh, the normalization, for lack of a better word, of cannabis obviously will be a bit of a ways off. And, you know, uh, and, the, and we haven't seen, as I'm sure you've uh, witnessed, kind of in legalization in your jurisdiction, it wasn't like, you know, October 17th came, and a light switched and everyone was smoking pot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it just seems like kind of every day is the same. And if you were a user before, you're just now a user. You're getting, you know, government-regulated clean product and in a safe and legal way. And I think that's that's really important. So we're seeing that. And then I think the big next step is that kind of infused beverage or edibles or concentrate products. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't smoke, I don't think that you're going to start smoking right. the next day just because cannabis is legal. But something like a vape pen or, or a drink that you can enjoy, I think that we'll see new users come into the market based on availability of product. And, mm-hmm. you know, as a, the biggest concentrate manufacturer in Canada, that's something that we're really excited about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So many more options. Absolutely. So 
you know, how's it been from the transition from you guys' pharmaceutical side to, you know, a completely new industry that, you know, you guys are kind of the ones having to build it, put it together and figure out what works. You know, how's the transition been? Is there, is there similarities? I mean, there's obviously probably some differences. Has it been a challenge? Yeah, I think uh, there's challenges in every business. I think uh, coming from like pharmaceutical production and, and we have some great people on our team that worked in large pharmaceutical manufacturing as far as our leadership goes on the production side. Um, part of the challenge is kind of scale. So, you know, if you're making capsules or, um, you know, different injectable products on, a, on an assembly line for, you know, they're making tens of thousands of units a day. And cannabis is just not there yet. So just there's not enough source material as far as biomass goes, and there's not enough uh, buyers on the other end. So until we get the provincial um, distribution distribution out. So I think one of the challenges is, you know, we bring in someone that worked in a, essentially a factory for pharmaceuticals, and now we're saying to them, you know, here's here's our machine, and, and they're like, oh, that that's a tiny baby piece of equipment, and, <laughs> and we're the biggest in Canada. So right. I think that growing in and right sizing is is been like kind of a challenge for us and then looking to the future so we don't want to buy all that small equipment now and not be looking on how we're going to grow and scale and automate in the future so it's it's kind of running to two of those strategies parallel that's um you know a challenge but a great challenge and it it keeps um it keeps our team really engaged because you know if they were working pharmaceuticals for 25 years uh of course there's innovation and on the manufacturing side but really getting on the ground floor of an industry like cannabis is, is pretty exciting. If it's a, it's good to change a pace. So you get to use a lot of skills, but uh, also um, learn a lot of new ones too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's just a natural cha- transition to, you know, the market we're seeing now. And, you know, I think cannabis comes online and I think that's how, you know, the best way to produce it and, and operate it is probably going to be from a pharmaceutical standpoint or an alcohol beverage type of standpoint going forward. So, you know, it's a logical progression to pull either individuals or, you know, innovation that's already happened over there and then just kind of rewire some things and make it work in cannabis. There's no sense to reinvent the wheel here. Yeah, 100%. I think um, consumer packaged goods uh, on the food and beverage side and then um, pharmaceuticals have a big space, a big, big role to play in cannabis and how it's going to evolve. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, Medifarm's corporate social responsibility or what makes you guys stand out amongst the crowd. Corporate social responsibility, like we're really involved. Uh, we're located in Barrie, Ontario, which is about an hour north of Toronto. Uh, we're big community people. I actually grew up in the area, uh, moved back here in my, in my mid-20s to kind of buy a house where real estate was a bit more affordable and, and really got more involved in the community being from here. Right. So I'm a, I'm a proud uh, Rotarian and involved in the community that way. We have many people who work and uh, our COO is on the board of directors of the United way here locally. So, um, you know, when cannabis before was seen as kind of like a black market industry, we've really tried hard to give back to the community and we've, we've sponsored, you know, uh, different things where appropriate in the community as far as, uh, different cultural events and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we're fortunate. We're, we're, we're in a great revenue position now that we got to give back to the community that gave to us. And we're, we're situated in a great industrial area. 
We have over 75 staff now, many of them local. So um, just like any other business, you can't just take, take, you got to give. Right. And uh, that, that's really important to us. And so being involved in things like the Barry Chamber, uh, we're involved in a startup incubator called the Sandbox here, helping out other young entrepreneurs. So all that's really important to us. And I think that's in any community, in any business, it's, it's really important to be sustainable that way. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the, so far we've had a bunch of folks on season four talk about CSR, corporate social responsibility, and I think it fits right in with cannabis and that there's still a lot of work we need to do back in our communities, not only educating, uh, you know, what cannabis is and what that's going to look like, you know, in 2019 and forward, and also try to go back and repair some of the harms that prohibition has done to a lot of these different folks who have you know, been trying to use it medicinally and, and for other means, and I think CSR fits right into that of, you know, integrating, connecting right with the community, finding out what the community's issues are, and then doing whatever you can to try to, you know, raise and elevate your community up. So, you know, I think CSRs are a great thing, you know, paired well with cannabis, if you may. And uh, it's pretty cool, you know, what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's some cannabis-specific initiatives here in Canada. Like, um, surprisingly enough, our medical cannabis is taxed still. So it has like the same sales tax as recreational cannabis, mm-hmm. which is the only medical product that's taxed really in Canada. Mm-hmm. So there's a good, there's a couple of good working groups that are, are, are pushing hard to, to change legislation on that. So we participate in that, you know, as much as we can where appropriate as well. So uh, cannabis specific and the community specific, you gotta, you gotta focus on both. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you guys are also doing a lot of research and development and have some relationships with some Canadian universities. Um, can you speak to that? Yeah, we're, we're looking at different ways that we contribute to uh, research and development. You know, we are a manufacturer first, uh, so we are in the business of doing large-scale manufacturing. So a lot of our innovation is around actually like equipment and uh, how we can automate that equipment and some different processes to make sure that we're, we're producing to our full potential. When we look at um, research and development on the side of medical and, and what indications it may be able to treat and what it couldn't, uh, we very much want to take part. Uh, we are coming from pharma. We are, you know, top of mind. We know that research is not cheap. Uh, so we haven't led any research projects from that same point of view. We want to make sure we get a good uh, return on investment for our shareholders. Mm-hmm. So uh, sometimes that black hole of, of R&D is sometimes something difficult for, for, for um, a startup company. But for us, there's a lot of other ways we contribute. Uh, we have a great uh, scientific board of uh, people from all around the globe. So we can ha- have input that way for you know universities or teaching hospitals that are looking for some research. And then as well as just contributing uh, source material. So we make um, part of our uh, progression in the cannabis industry is not just making this winterized oil, but when we look at end products uh, using things like chromatography to actually like fractionate, isolate more novel cannabinoids like CBG or THCV. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, a, a hospital wants to do a study using something very unique like THCV, mm-hmm. we would be in a very great position to contribute that on the scale to do something like a trial. Cool. Yeah. That's and awesome. I mean, that's where it's kind of going to. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, yeah, chromatography, chromatography is awesome. Like thin film, that's that's amazing, and I think that's going to be a game changer for the cannabis industry to take us to that next step beyond, you know, crude refined oils and just distillates, and um, mm-hmm. that's where you're going to see the, I think, incredible medical value pulled from the plant, where you can start getting more specific and, and target certain conditions, and um, that's when it's going to get fun. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty exciting. Like we we're set up to do a pretty large volume distillate. Uh, 
we have some large uh, short path distillation machines, but for us, that's pretty like the chromatography side of things really exciting because I think that's where science really gets into the weed, into like the weeds of cannabis <laughs> is it, with that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, interesting. So we've really never had anybody on the show that is, you know, running such a large scale production like this. So what would be some advice that you have for an entrepreneur looking to like someday scale as big as you guys have? Yeah, I think that there's, you know, a lot, a lot of learning. And for an entrepreneur, I would say like, uh, put the foundation in uh, first, put the building blocks in first. So I think where a lot of failed is they, they tried to do too much too quickly. So, um, you know, even though, as you mentioned, we were we won the startup of the year from the cannabis Canadian Cannabis Awards. This is uh, a five year kind of start. <laughs> so it's like that that five year overnight ex- success. Uh-huh. So for 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 entrepreneurs, just remember like um, you know nothing was nothing. There's no overnight success. There's the, you might only see the story from you know ninety percent to hundred percent, but that whole kind of base there is what really needs to be built and be thought of. So it's not our first kind of businesses here at Medifarm. And so we recognize that early, like let's put in the foundational pieces that we can really build on. And then as we scale up, it becomes a lot easier to add in key pieces mm-hmm. to that foundation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great advice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, overnight successes are definitely not really a, a real thing. You know, I see that daily. I was thinking about that this morning that, geez, you know, overnight success, a.k.a., you know, many sleepless nights and, and 10 years of work. <laughs> right, because I was just I was looking at the timetable that uh, Seibel had sent over earlier and it was like this short period. And then I looked at your website and it said 2015. And I was like, well, obviously, this did not just happen this year. Like this has been going yeah. on. So patience is key. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And surround yourself with with people who can teach you a few things, and don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. So, well, cool. Well, thank you for sharing your knowledge. Um, this is exciting to hear from somebody from Canada. Uh, you guys are definitely doing it right out there. So we're excited to learn from you and uh, see what happens with Medi Farms in the future. Great. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, you guys taking the time to to do the interview with me. And uh, by all means. Uh, we'd be happy to chat again, and you know, next season or later on, if there's some more developments going on. And obviously, if you're ever in the Toronto area, we'd love to have you guys by the facility and and have you check out all the machines and whatnot. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, we will do that. So appreciate it, Keith, and appreciate what Medifarm is doing up in Canada. And hopefully, uh, the U.S. can follow suit, and we'll be able to try some of your your awesome products down here someday. Right. Looking forward to it. All right, you guys, and with that, I'm lit. I'm lucid, and that's it. Later's. This episode of Lit and Lucid Podcast is produced in partnership with YooHoo Creative and Design. YooHoo Creative specializes in marketing, social media management, content creation, and other creative needs. YooHoo, helping your company become who you need to be. If you're interested in learning more, hit us up at yoohoocreative at gmail.com.